We're a pioneer church based in Loughborough in the UK. Our mission is to make disciples to establish heaven on earth. Um, lovely. So as Rach said, today's topic is faith beyond circumstance. Um, first of all, I just want to recognise and acknowledge that We've got loads of different people in the room and watching online. We will all have been through different experiences, and some of us right now will be facing real hardship. Um, the purpose of this talk isn't to shame us for finding things hard, and it isn't to gloss over the fact that circumstances are hard. What I'm hoping this talk is going to do is unite us in hope and faith in Jesus, who offers us a life beyond those circumstances. So if you're with me, please do join in. So I'm going to start with a question. Could you put your hands up if your life is perfect? Yeah, you've got a little joker at the front. Okay, could you put your hand up if your life is not perfect? Yeah, that's what I was expecting. I did say to Isaac, I was like, what if loads of people put their hand up for perfect? And I didn't know what I'd do, but you didn't, so it's fine. Um, so it doesn't take us long to realize or to see that life isn't perfect. There are things all around us that we wish were different. There are things in our own life that we wish were different. Um, that's kind of the point I'm starting from today. It's quite a bleak start, um, but hopefully by the end you'll see why. Um, so I'm going to ask you now, it's not hands up, you don't have to tell me your answers, but I actually really do want you to have a think about this. Over the last, say, two weeks, I'll give you two weeks, what situations have you or someone you've known or heard of gone through that aren't as you'd or they'd hoped for or hoped they'd be? That's a really long question, so I'm going to say it again. Over the last two weeks, what situations have you or someone you've known or heard about gone through that aren't as you'd or they'd hoped they'd be? Okay, I'm going to give you some time to think. Okay, so when I kind of thought about this question when I was preparing... I really quickly thought of some. Um, so first off, I was thinking people I know in the workspace, um, not necessarily my work if anyone's watching online, um, but maybe people who are struggling in their role. Maybe their role isn't what they thought it would be. Maybe they're being overworked. They're really tired. And maybe they're struggling with colleagues. Um, maybe the job isn't what they thought it would be. Um, or maybe they don't feel like they're getting recognized as much as they'd like to be. Um, then I moved from work to students, and I was thinking of students I know who kind of came to university expecting one thing and have found themselves in another, another situation, the circumstances that weren't quite all they'd hoped for. Um, I think probably COVID has made that get bigger. Um, then I thought of the many people that I know that are struggling with their emotional well-being, their mental health, that getting up day to day feels really hard, feels really dark, feels really difficult. Um, even just doing the simplest of tasks is really hard for them. Then I thought, worldwide, people seeking asylum, people that have had to leave their houses um, for lots of different reasons that are really serious, and all they want is a place to call home that's safe and they can live in um, without fear of persecution. And I'll stop there, but we could genuinely, all of us, I guess, um, create a whole list of situations that we wish were different or other people wish were different. Um, we could probably spend the whole of the talk time talking about that. But we won't because I'm trying to build faith, not knock it. Um, but there is a reason I started there. And the reason I started there is obviously our talk is about faith beyond circumstance. 
And I thought, well, for people that don't have faith in Jesus, what keeps them going? What makes them keep trying? What helps them go in the circumstances that they really wish were different? And I kind of had a real think about this. And the thing that I thought probably keeps them going, and again, I'm doing my usual thing of talking for people without actually checking with them. Um, but from friends I know that perhaps don't know Jesus, the thing that keeps them going is normally hope. Hope that things will be different. Hope that things will turn around and the consequence or the conclusion will be different to what it has been up until now. So perhaps people in work that are struggling would have hope that maybe one day they'll get a promotion or maybe one day their, their colleagues will turn around and start behaving or talking to them nicer. Um, or maybe hope that their role is going to get them to a place that they want to be in the future so it's kind of worth the hardship for the moment. And maybe students, it's, again, hope that things will be different, hope that um, the course will get easier, hope that they'll find friends, hope that they'll find community, hope that at the end of the three, four, five, however many years, they'll look back and go, that was worth it, um, rather than the opposite. For those struggling with their mental health, perhaps it's hope that one day they're going to wake up and things will feel lighter, things won't fail so hard to them. Maybe it's hope that they'll get the support they need that will teach them the tools and techniques to um, keep on going and to feel better. And then people seeking asylum. It's hope that one day they will be in a country or have a place to call home that isn't dangerous, that they're not fe fearing for their lives. Hope that things will be different. And I want to say hope is absolutely brilliant. And anyone that's talked to me about hope will know I love hope. In my work, hope is the one thing that I try to instill in everybody I talk to. Because when we have hope, we've got a reason to keep going. When we're hopeless, it's really hard to keep on going. So hope is brilliant. And it's a gift from God, 100%. We've talked about hope before. But then I guess the difference is, and the step further is, that with faith in Jesus, we've got more than hope. We've got faith. And when I was kind of thinking about this talk and my own life and hope and faith, kind of came to the conclusion that if we are serious about believing that Jesus came to this earth, that he was human form, that he faced hardship, he faced toil, he faced circumstances harder than the ones that we face now, that he went to the cross that he defeated sin, he defeated darkness, and he defeated death itself when he rose again, then kind of we've got to be serious about what that means for us. We've got to be serious about what that means for us. And actually what I think among different things that means for us is that we have a confidence that life on earth is not all there is. And actually, when we're going through the hardship, that's something we hold on to and we take seriously. Now, that doesn't mean that things aren't hard, but it means we have something more than our circumstances on earth to have faith in. So that's going to take us to our passage today, which is 2 Corinthians 4, 7 to 18. Does anyone want to come and read it for me? I feel like you're going to get sick of my voice soon. Anyone want to volunteer for a bit of reading? Nathaniel, yeah. Oh, we actually got hands up behind you, Nathaniel. You didn't offer. <laughs> Yay! It's Nathan, isn't it? Nathan. Have you got here it? You go. It's here. It is written, I believed, therefore. Sorry, start here. Oh, there we go. Sorry. 
Just checking it's not above. Okay, got it, got it, got it. It's <laughs> right. And then the whole way down to yeah. the whole way down to there. Yeah. Got it. Thanks. Just checking. <laughs> but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all surpasses power is from God and not from us. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may also be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. It is written, I believed, therefore I have spoken. Since we have that same spirit of faith, we also believe that therefore and therefore speak, because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also rise us with Jesus and present us with you to himself. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may, um, may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart, Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Thank you so much. Big clap. Amazing. How encouraging is that passage? Um, when I read it, I was like, yes, yes. While we are hard-pressed on every side, we've got a greater narrative over our lives. Verse 14, we know that the one who raised Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus. And I think one of the things I think is so important when we're thinking about faith beyond our circumstances is the knowledge and the confidence and the faith that we have that heaven is real. Heaven isn't just something we've come up with to make us feel better about death. We genuinely believe that we, that we are part of a kingdom of God, that this earth isn't all there is. The death of Jesus, when he defeated death and rose again, means we've got eternal life in his kingdom. You know, that brings me so much faith. It makes it easier to go through hardship on earth. And it's not only this um, passage that talks about that. I've also got a few more. So Philippians 3, 20 to 21 says, But we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our saviour. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. We are citizens of heaven. And if that's not convinced you yet, then Jesus himself tells us in Mark 11:25 to 26, Jesus told her, Jesus tells us, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me will live even after dying. Everyone who lives in me and believes in me will never, ever die. We're part of God's kingdom. 
We're citizens of heaven. So situations and circumstances on earth, while really hard, aren't all we focus on. God is bigger than it all. We've got a bigger narrative over our lives. And just as Luke and Rach were talking about in the, in the beginning, in the beginning, in the introduction, um, we'd just been on our weekend away and Martin was talking to us all about the kingdom being all around us. And I really do recommend you catch up on that on our YouTube page. It's got some real gold in there and it really does take the kingdom from perhaps being a really serious subject, which it is obviously, um, but also making it really accessible and about how it is in the day-to-day lives. You know, the glory of his kingdom is in the beauty all around us. We see his kingdom when we see him move. We see it in miracles. We see it in answered prayers. We see it in prophecy and all of that stuff. We also see it in the splendor of his creation when it's working perfectly. Those moments when we go, wow, God is good. So this kingdom narrative, this kingdom that we belong to and is all around us, is good news to us, but it's also good news to others. And the reason why I think the kingdom aspect of our lives is so important when it comes to faith beyond circumstances is because from what I've observed, when we put all our faith in our earthly circumstances and our earthly circumstances fail us, then it's really easy to just fixate on that lack. And when we fixate on that lack, we can become hopeless. And when we become hopeless, we can stop noticing the kingdom all around us. And when we stop noticing the kingdom all around us, we stop expecting the kingdom all around us. And when we stop expecting the kingdom all around us, we stop living as we're called to be. And that's why I think this is so important. So Matthew 6, 31 to 33, I think this is a passage that most of us will know if we've struggled with worry in our life. It's basically Jesus talking about worry and how we don't need to worry. Um, The last couple of verses say, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all of these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. So Jesus knows that we worry, but he knows what we need. And he says, instead of focusing on that worry, start focusing on the kingdom. When we start focusing on the kingdom, we start to see the way that God provides for us. God's going to provide. He has provided up until now. When we focus on the kingdom, we see what he's doing. We join in in that bigger narrative, and it helps us with our worry. So I've got another question for you to have a think about, and that is, again, we'll think over the past two weeks. Over the past two weeks, where have you seen the kingdom? What have those kingdom moments been that we were talking about? What are those moments where you've stopped and said, wow, God is good, the kingdom is real? I'm going to give you some time to think about that one. Would anybody like to share their kingdom moments? It's okay if not. It's a great way of building up faith.
Yeah, go on. I had a really good one this week because I didn't recognize it as a kingdom moment, but I was queuing in Tesco on the proper conveyor belt thing, and uh, everybody's slowing down, and then this guy, I didn't realize why everybody's slowed down. It was because the contactless payment was not, that wasn't working. You could still pay by card, but obviously nobody these days goes with you know, a card to go with contactless. So this lad, must be about maybe 20, stood on the queue parallel with me. And he's, everybody's paying, so they're slowly making their way forward. And then he kind of gets there. All this stuff's gone through, and it's like probably 15 quid's worth. This is like dinner. And I just look across at him. I'm like, what's the, f you know, the kind of faff? But actually, he's like, oh, he's just saying to the checkout lady, I can't, what do I do? So I just walked across and said, mate, just pay for you. And he was like, oh, okay. Do you want me to get in? I'm like, no, it's all right. Didn't even look at how much it cost. Didn't even register, just, yeah, paid. Walked back, paid for my own. And only afterwards I thought, yeah, it's not necessarily about this glory moment. It was just, he's loving that. He's got free dinner, hasn't he? You know. Amazing. That's so good. Does anyone else got any they'd like to share? Yeah, go on, Hope. So we had the fire alarm go off twice at work, which is great when you have kids who hate loud noises. Um, and the deputy head saw this kid really struggling to come back in again. And he had like meetings and stuff to go to. But instead of going to those meetings, he offered to take him out on the minibus because this kid absolutely loves road signs. So we went on a random trip on the M1, got on at Shepshed, came off at Colville and came back into the maths lesson. But that, the fact that he'd like taken his time out of his day to make this kid's life a lot better and to stop him from panicking, I thought it was like it was a kingdom moment. Amazing. Any more? Yeah, go on, Rob. All right, so I missed rugby training on Friday because of um, coming on the weekend away. So I put in the chat, I can't come. And on Monday, everyone was asking me about the weekend away. Nice. So like, I had the whole rugby team ask me. And then the head coach was like, basically, I got injured, so I was standing next to the head coach having a wine that I hurt my hamstring. And he was like, oh, Rob, can you pray for me? And I was like, whoa, yeah, I'll pray. So it's big. So like, yeah. That's amazing. Amazing. We've probably got time for one more if anyone else wants to come. No, that's okay. I'll tell you mine if you want. Mine's a bit funny. Um, you know that song, Give Me All In My Lamp, Keep Me Burning? We all sang it in primary school. Yeah, I don't know what I thought that meant for the whole of my 25 years, but I was reading the Bible the other day, and it said about, um, it was about the Israelites and them bringing oil for their lamps to make them burn. And I was like, oh my goodness, the oil is to make the lamp light. And then it's just this whole revelation of like kingdom of Jesus gives us that oil to make the light. And then I was just thinking, oh my goodness, Jesus has given me all this oil to bring light and bring his light. And that was my kingdom moment. That was really fun. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Amazing. So we've just heard four um, situations and there'll be well, there'll be loads more in the room. And there'll be more for people watching online. Um, 
we've used the same time frame as the question at the beginning for what are some of the things, the hardships that you wish were different. Um, so can you see that like we've thought of loads of things and circumstances that we wish were different, but then we've also thought of ways we've seen the kingdom move. And um, I think that just sums up the duality that we're living in of living in a broken world where we're, where we're living in sin and the consequences of that and darkness, but also operating in the kingdom of God where we've got this light and we've got this faith and we've got this hope and this knowledge and assurance of who God is and what he's here to do. Um, so, yeah, that just sums it up for me. But actually, if all we're focusing on is these circumstances that are really bad that we wish were different, um, and they are really hard, and I'm, I'm sorry they're really hard, but if that's all we're focusing on, we're missing this other thing, aren't we, of, of Jesus and the kingdom moving. So that's kind of what I'm thinking of, of when we're having faith beyond our circumstances. It's remembering this perspective of kingdom, and God is moving even when there's stuff we wish was different, and even when there's stuff that we really wish we weren't going through. Um, so that just sums it up for me. Um, so one point I really want to make is that just because the kingdom is moving, and just because we know we belong to the kingdom of God, it doesn't mean we can't be sad. And it doesn't mean we can't find things hard, and we can't go to God with things that are hard. We don't have to pretend that our life is perfect. We don't need to forget about this stuff over here. It's okay to say, this is really hard, and I wish the circumstance was different. And I'll tell you for sure, I've been in that place many times. The reason I say that is because we see throughout the Bible Jesus standing with humans in their hardship. We see it over and over again, and I've just got two things to point out here. But in Hebrew 4, 15 to 16, it says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. We don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. And what that means is we've got a priest who can empathize with our weaknesses. He knows what it means. He stands with us in it. And we see an example of this in John 11 with Mary and Martha, they've got a brother called Lazarus who's got really sick and he's died. And Jesus kind of is, is away from that situation and he's talking to his disciples and he hears about Lazarus and he tells them, he says, Lazarus won't die. Yet even knowing that Jesus is about, he knows he's about to go and save Lazarus, he's about to resurrect him, he's about to bring him back from the dead. Even knowing that, and he's told the disciples he's going to do that before he sees Mary and Martha, when he then goes into the situation and he's with Mary and Martha and he sees them weeping, Jesus weeps too. And he gets angry in his spirit at the situation they're in. And I think that just sums it up, doesn't it? Of Jesus knew the kingdom narrative over that situation. He knew Lazarus was going to raise again. He was going to live. He wasn't going to stay dead. But he saw Mary and Martha in anguish and he wept with them. We've got a God who weeps with us. We don't have to hide our disappointment and our hurt and our hardships from him. He stands with us in it. So living in the kingdom of God means we can expect miracles. 
We can expect him to raise Lazarus from the dead. And we can expect our circumstances to change. We're called to pray into things around us. We're called to bring the kingdom of God in that way. But we also have faith that we've got a God who empathizes with us and stands with us and guides us even when our circumstances don't change. And then we've got a faith beyond our circumstances that our circumstances don't define our faith. There's a bigger narrative going on. They don't define our faith. They don't define how we live our faith out. Because we know we belong to a God who performs miracles. But we also know that we belong to a God that is beyond earthly circumstances. There's a bigger kingdom and a bigger purpose at play. And I don't know about you, but when I was writing that and thinking of that, I was like, oh, yeah, but what about when God doesn't do that? What about when God um, doesn't change circumstances and he's standing with me, but it's really hard and I don't get it. Why didn't he change it? If he, if he loves me and he's standing with me, he can see I'm hurt. Why doesn't he change it? Um, there are things that we don't understand. There are things that we don't understand now. There are things that we will never understand. Um, but what I actually think this perspective of the kingdom has for us is it keeps us from limiting God to our understanding. There are things that we don't understand on earth. There are things that we will never understand. And we've seen this recently, haven't we, with Lauren Wilson, and we've been praying for that situation to change, and it didn't change, and we don't understand why, but we know that she's with God in heaven. There are things that we don't understand, but we have faith that God stands with us. We have faith that even when we don't understand, he loves us, and we are secure in his kingdom. And that faith helps us to trust in the unseen. It helps us to trust him when we don't understand. And actually, it allows, him to, it allows us to keep him as God and not try and make him into our God, almost. And, and that's going to be really hard for us. If you're like me, I love control. I love control. I want to know what's happening at all times. I want to say what's going to happen. Um, but actually, allowing that kingdom perspective allows me to keep God as the... As the deity he is of of saying I don't understand everything but that's okay because I have faith in a God who loves me and I have faith that even in the unseen and even when I don't understand he's a good God and he knows what he's doing because there's a bigger perspective that I don't know and that's okay so we have faith that even when we don't understand and even when our circumstances don't change and even when we inevitably leave this earth we are secure in our identity of children of God and of citizens of heaven. And what a brilliant opportunity that is for us. I don't know how I would do it without that knowledge. Um, so I thought maybe I'd give a couple of examples of, of kind of how that can live in our world and um, what it's meant for me. Obviously, Rachel said that I have faith beyond my circumstances. Um, I've had a lot of things thrown at me in my measly 25 years. Um, I've had things where I've had faith for a circumstance beyond a circumstance, and I've seen the circumstance change, and I've had faith for circ beyond circumstances, and I've not seen them change, if that makes sense. So um, there was a circumstance I was in when I was um, a bit younger, where I was really, really struggling with my mental health, and I'd kind of hit crisis point. Um, and things were really hard, and I couldn't have... I'd kind of reached that point that I've just told you about hopelessness, of I can't see a way out of this, I don't see where this is going. Um, but I had the faith that I knew a God beyond all circumstances, even when I didn't understand what was going on. Um, and I saw 
miracles in that situation. So went to doctors, was put on a waiting list um, for therapy, and I was told actually it's going to be like over a year's wait. Anyone that knows the mental health system knows that's sadly the case for a lot of people. Um, but my youth worker at the time, she was like, Tilly, we're going to pray that that's not going to be the case. And literally two hours after praying, I got a call that said, we're bumping you up the list, you're being seen next week. And I tried not to take offense at that, that they wanted to see me so desperately. Um, but I was like, wow, that is crazy. I've been told it's not going to be for a year. And I've prayed and I've seen immediately God working. And actually what he did through that whole time of my life was he didn't snap all my problems are gone but he allowed me to see into this identity of being a child of God and what that means for me in my life and kind of building that faith again and that hope in him um, that then meant I could stand and say okay well even when I'm struggling with this I know that I've got a God that loves me and that did wonders for my mental health um, but then there was also a time in my life where literally within two weeks of each other um, my nephew died my grandma died and then it doesn't seem so bad but the church I was in at the time got broken into um, and it really set off my anxiety and fear of things around me. Um, that was really hard and I didn't understand it and I, I was really trying to have faith beyond my circumstances but it was really hard to stand in but I actually felt really challenged by God. I kind of brought some of it at the beginning but he was like, Tilly, you've really got to rely on me and what my cross means and I realized that actually I had this deep fear I'm getting a bit deep here but deep fear of death and that like kind of like the I knew the kingdom of heaven but really what did that mean for me and could I be sure in it and it was that whole thing of he literally showed me a picture of the cross which we got here and he said do you believe that I came to earth and I was Jesus and I went to the cross I died and I rose again yes I believe that God I really do believe that I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that okay then Tilly why don't you believe in heaven because he went to the cross, he rose again, he defeated death. Why are you still scared of death? And I don't know, maybe some of you in the room are the same as that, and I know it's not quite as easy to say that and just believe it, but genuinely that challenge from God really did change my perspective on faith beyond my circumstances, faith that even in death there was hope in Jesus. We are citizens of heaven. All of that stuff in the Bible is true. And perhaps closer to, to home, one of the examples I've seen of faith beyond circumstance most powerfully was Lauren Wilson. Um, we were all praying for her and Lauren Wilson genuinely had faith that God could change her circumstances. She had faith that God could heal her cancer and we prayed into that, didn't we? We all had faith for that and we prayed. But she also had faith that even if he didn't heal her cancer, she was going to be in glory with him in heaven. And I've got a quote here that's going to come up um, that was read out at her Thanksgiving service where she said, I told my friends there is hope either way, either hope of a miracle or the hope of heaven. I'm not afraid. I feel peaceful. And doesn't that just sum it up? I've got faith in my circumstance that God can change it, but I've also got faith that even if he doesn't, I've got faith in him and it's okay. And I think that last line, I'm not afraid, I feel peaceful, that just sums it up. When we have that faith in Jesus, it changes us. It changes our perspective. It changes our emotions. When we have that faith in him, God gives us that reassurance. And we've just read that Bible verse in Matthew, haven't we, of don't worry, 
focus on the kingdom. That's what it does. We focus on the kingdom. God gives us peace. So I'm going to wrap things up there. So having faith beyond our circumstances means that we have a confident assurance that we're living in the kingdom of God that we're living with a God who is alive and he is moving. And he helps us in times of need by standing with us, guiding us through hardship and even changing the hardship sometimes. But we also have that confident assurance that what we see on earth isn't all there is. So when we adopt a kingdom perspective, we remind ourselves that heaven is real that we are citizens of heaven. And that helps us not to become too engrossed and too fixed on our earthly circumstances, but to trust our God who is above it all.